the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. Welcome to the Comedy Zone podcast for the week of September 2nd. I can't believe it's September. I'm your host, Jason Allen King. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We have a great show for you again this week. And we're back in the studio, sort of. Uh, let's say hi to the man behind the curtain, my favorite human being, Brian Baltashevitz. How are you, buddy? I'm on my last nerve, Jason. All right. <laughs> I, I am on my last nerve. I don't normally hear people say that. What, what, are, what are you doing to yourself? Well, the move is coming up. Yeah, I know. Right? So we've it's been yeah. this whole summer long, you know, the serial here on the podcast. So yeah, we're it's finally drama. moving. We get the keys to the place on Labor Day. And my wife, we had $200. This, like ordinarily $200, you wouldn't worry about it necessarily. But like, you know, we're moving. So we got first and last month's rents due all of a sudden. So money's yeah. a little bit tight. And so my wife had $200 bills tucked away in a book that I packed like a week ago. <laughs> What are you guys moving in, in, in the turn of the century? Yeah. Is that yeah, exactly. all your money is in mattresses and books yeah, and shit? Exactly. What's going on? We don't trust the banking system, Jason, <laughs> is what the deal is. Nor should you. So ask me how I spent last night. How'd you spend last night? Unpacking all the boxes that the $200 <laughs> might have been in. That was fun. It sounds like you should have let someone else do the, the brain work for you guys. Well, that would have been, yeah, that would have been a smart thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the man. only thing I like better than packing a box is unpacking it than to pack it up again. Pack it again. Yeah. yeah. It was right. in the 12th box we looked in. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that Did was you fun. put it in like an ironically named book, like, you know, the, the Pilgrim's <laughs> Poor Man's Pilgrimage or whatever the hell that book is? No, know. we should have. We didn't. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that was a good time. Book. That's yeah. how I spent my Tuesday evening. Yeah. It sounds awful. It was, it, 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 it's the word. Moving is the worst. And we've got, we've been in this house for 11 years. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's not like we're just like, you know, oh, we've only been in there like a year. Some shit is still in boxes yeah. and whatever. We, we're embedded in this house. Totally. Yeah. You're a tick. You guys are <laughs> ticks in this house. So. And someone had to light a fire on you to get you guys to move. Yeah, this isn't just a move. This is this is a it's an yeah. it, it's an extraction. Really, it more than anything else, it's, <laughs> it's a it's a, it is yeah. So hopefully this time next week um, you'll be you'll be in and yeah. and and on back on being a pain in my ass. Right? Yeah. Is that how it is? I hope so. Was That's the plan. Nerve on your yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, I on the other hand <laughs> am not moving. I actually got Good to do more stand up. Stand up is in full swing right yeah. now, all over the globe. By globe, I, I mean here in South Carolina and Florida, <laughs> all those hot spots. Uh, I'm not complaining though. I was in Charleston. I uh, did a show with Keith T on Monday night at a place. It's actually Monk's Corner in, outside Charleston, uh, and it was amazing. I, I bring it up just be, it's this little restaurant attached uh, to a bowling alley, like like comics do. It was exhilarating to be around all those athletes, but no, like the crowd was amazing. It's just kind of it was like kind of a divey place, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. And it just kind of got me thinking about you know the, my friends had a bar growing up called the Broadway Tavern, and it was just the best place. Uh, everyone was super friendly. Everyone had a backstory. It was a kind of like that's the place that I like smoked weed for the first time. Time, you know, I got got my first fight, you know, in a place like that. Got my first ambulance ride from a place like that. You know, I just love. Did you have a place like that growing up? Did you have a, a haunt, a watering hole? 
Not really. No. no, I wasn't a huge drinker really until later because I played football and stuff. So you think college, you're better so than I me? Didn't. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? hundred percent. Shame on you. <laughs> you were busy. You were focused on football. You weren't. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, drinking wasn't really on the radar until after the football career ended. But Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Terribly boring, but yeah, good for oh, you. Yeah. You're well, good. hey, you know. You're a good person. Everybody has their own path. Too. <laughs> Question for you though. John Reap and uh, Brent Blakeney were at a bowling alley in Michigan this past weekend. Is this a thing now? Bowling alleys are doing comedy? You know. I don't know the answer to that, yeah. but I'm going to say that this is the second bowling alley, bowling alley that I performed in this year. So I think so it is. I smell a trend. I do, I do too. <laughs> I don't have a single problem. I'd rather be in a bowling alley than a golf course, man. That's yeah, yeah. I, I gave up the clubs for, for bowling balls. That's 100% true. I don't really bowl it much anymore. I got an injury, so I don't really do it anymore. We'll leave that alone for another time. <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited, Brian. We, he's not necessarily in the room with us, but we've got an extra special guest for the show Ooh. someone that I've been wanting to have on for a while. Our extra special guest this week, he grew up in uh, Long Island, uh, excuse me, Long Beach, California. Right. He started relatively late in the game, but he took comedy by storm. I've seen it myself. He's a killer joke writer, a storyteller. I don't think there's another comedian out there in the game today with more charisma on stage than this guy. He, he's, Boom. Yeah. He's toured <laughs> with some of the best in the business, including the great Brent Morin, Joe Coy, literally traveled the world with Russell Peters. Uh, he's made a number of television appearances, including VA H1, BET Comic View, Gotham Comedy Live, and The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He's exploded into the podcast world. So this is this is a get, okay? He's got two podcasts right now, The Lion's Den with Brent Moore and Jason Collings and Mr. Jason Collings. And of course, he's been in all the clubs all over the place, including the Comedy Store, John Lovett's Comedy Club. I could go on and on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Jason Collings. Thank you. I was like, who is this guest? This guy sounds awesome. <laughs> he is. I love that the I love that the two clubs you said were the comedy store and John Lovett's comedy club. <laughs> <laughs> One of those doesn't exist anymore. I was oh really? Oh, oh I'm the worst. Been, hasn't been around yeah. forever. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize that. Well, I just well, goes to show that I'm a I'm a hack, Jason. Just shows how closely you're actually paying attention. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> you can stop sending them your tapes. That's right. yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't been getting a response for a while from them. It's embarrassing. Hi, Jason, how are you, my friend? It's good to see you. Buddy. I'm doing great. Doing good. Yeah. Feeling good. Had a bit of a stomach flu last I weekend, but I'm over it. Lost some weight, which is good. I saw that. I saw on your story, uh, you posted that. And I was like, ooh, I want to learn more about that. Was it, did you eat something? What happened? I thought that's what it was. I thought it was food poisoning, but it turned out it was more like a flu. Because then I started getting a fever and the, the, the chills and all that stuff. And then poopy, poopy, poopy. <laughs> and that <laughs> is what I call the Los Angeles diet. Um, <laughs> Three poopies. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was. It was bad, but it, it, but at the same time, it's so funny. We get, I get, I get vain. So I'm like miserable. I'm like, well, at least in a few days I'll feel better and I'll be at least 10 pounds lighter. <laughs> you are awesome. an LA guy. Right? You are definitely oh, yeah. Yeah. born and raised. I'm very rare in this business. I am a actual LA guy born wow. in Santa Monica, lived in North Hollywood for a while then raised in Long Beach. I'm born and raised. So many, wow. so many people in, in, in entertainment are, that live in LA. They're all transplants. Right. Yeah. And those are all the people that, are assholes and then that that talk about LA people. Oh, LA is so LA. These people are just being so LA. I'm like, that's you guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's you guys. Yeah, it's not us. You, know? you guys are normal. You're very right. you're a very normal guy, actually. I don't yeah. hear I don't hear the LA thing in yokes until you talked about poopy, poopy, poopy. Poops. Um <laughs> no, yeah, I'm 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 it's it's I'm in a suburb, probably a half hour south of Hollywood. 
30 okay. minutes south of Hollywood, and I love it. It's literally any town USA. USA. Uh, I can be great. anywhere right now. Ah, good for you, yeah. man. That's really cool. I don't think I think I realized that. So, so your commute because you're doing. I mean, we just talked about you're going to do a bunch of, of sets tonight. So, you know, what's your? You got an hour in commutes oh, or yeah. more than that? Oh, it's easy. I, I, I'm gonna. What I'm going to do is I'm going to drive and meet another comic, and then we're going to get in that comic's car, and we're going to we're going to hit a bunch of the spots. We're going to go Laugh Factory. We're going to improv. We'll go to a couple other spots. But yeah, good to the little Hollywood shuffle. Um, I'm, that's, uh, I'm jealous of that. Just, just, you know, for one time in my life, I want to have that, that, that time to be out there and, and do that. I'll, I'll figure it out some way, but I want to, in, 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 uh, uh, never full disclosure here. So you and I met when mm-hmm. I was just a young lad standing outside yeah. of the comedy store. Was out there for, that. The, for the Burbank Festival and called Mike and he said, Hey, I, I got a guy who's there right now. And you came out and you saw me and our eyes met and it's sealed our fate and, uh, forever. It was the rest, it was love. It was just love. Uh, but it was really cool, man. You were you were nice enough to to come out and scoop me up and take me inside, and you sat me Literally, right up front. I had to pick him up. I had to pick him up because <laughs> the comedy store has a height requirement. And That's right. I, so yeah. That's right. So he got me in. I, I, you know, he <laughs> held me up just above the clown's arm or whatever that mm-hmm. you had to stand in front of to get in. And uh, but it was funny because then it was like a couple months later, you and you and Brent came and, and did a show here. And I was like, hey, that's the guy. You're the guy who helped me into the comedy store. And it was really you cool. Did such you were killing it that weekend. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys had a good good crowds. I'll, I'll blame Brent. You. Brent wanted Brent and I wanted to fire you after that first set because <laughs> we're you know we want a week opener. That's what we yeah, want. Sure. <laughs> so you you brought it up a, a little bit, or maybe we brought it up with the pandemic, you know, out here and things are kind of opening up, but it's sort of this weird, this weird thing uh, where it's mm-hmm. open, it's not open, shit's closed, whatever it is. So what how what was it like? And I don't think I've spoken with anybody who's been an LA oh. person during the pandemic. Like how how'd that go? It sucked. I mean, yeah. we had no comedy for. I mean, there were a lot of people doing underground shows and, and stuff like that, but I, w- I was one of those that was really careful and I'm not an anti-vaxxer and I'm not a virus denier. So I was super careful. Yeah. And I didn't do comedy for nine months, Oof. almost 10 months. No kidding. Just shut Nothing. it down. Cold turkey. Shut it down. But what saved my life and kept me from losing my mind was doing the podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I got to work. I was working with Brent more and three days a week doing this podcast because during the pandemic, we decided to do bonus episodes. So we were having two episodes a week plus a Patreon episode. Wow. Well, yeah. That's, uh, kind of and then amazing, I started, actually. yeah. And it was that working that comedy muscle with another comic it's, multiple times a week. Y- you really two guys together is just nuts. I mean, if you, if, oh, if you got, if, for people listening, if you haven't seen these two guys together and this is all the time, this is mm-hmm. on stage. They're crazy. This is off stage. <laughs> no matter what's yeah. going on, it's just nuts, man. You guys are are just, uh, and I can imagine that's just what you do constantly. Quick shout out to Brent Morin. Uh, yesterday was his birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Brent! Happy yeah. birthday, Brent. Oh, that's great. Birthday, Brent. He turned the he turned thirty five. And what's crazy about that age for both of us <laughs> was that thirty five is the age that I was when I met Brent. Oh wow! Okay. When I was 35 years old, I'm at the Ha Ha Comedy Club in the Ha Ha Cafe and Comedy Club in North Hollywood. And I'm in, you know, me and my buddy, Chris D'Elia, were just kind of new guys. I was brand new. And I think Chris was something like six months into stand up. And this 18 year old kid comes walking up to us and literally goes, Can I hang out with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that and is that adorable. Was Brent. Yeah. That was Brent. 
And I said, and, and then him and Chris were being weird with each other. And I told them both, stop being weird. <laughs> and then uh, we uh, ended up going to the diner that night. And for the next three, four years after that, we, the three of us were inseparable. And then him and then him and Chris landed the TV sh- and, and Brent, I was bringing Brent on the road with me to, to feature for me. Brent was my feature. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. then of course, the way this business works, he gets a sitcom on NBC <laughs> and that flipped and the money went up. Right. So now I'm featuring for Brent, but I'm making the same kind of money I was making <laughs> headlining, you know, and, right. and Brent and I, we, we, we usually do a, a two man show mm-hmm. depending on the club, but like places like, like, like Charlotte zone, we yeah. always know that they're going to put a good, they're going to put a good comic on with us. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, I mean, you guys got great comedy, comedy out there, but you know, there's other places where we're like, no, just going to do a two man, maybe oh. a guest spot. Yeah. Because you, you've seen the show, obviously, where we, we end up on stage together at the end with the piano, doing, of course. improvising songs. And yeah, so. And, and for everyone who, who doesn't read this isn't two knuckleheads doing this stuff. Uh, I've seen Jason dance salsa. I've seen this guy sing literally like soul. <laughs> the two of them are exceptionally talented singers. I mean, it's, it's, it will knock you out how good these guys are. So, so this isn't like just bullshit knuckleheads up there. You guys are super talented. Oh, Brent, Brent on the piano is unbelievable. <laughs> By the way, completely self-taught. Oh, really? Because yeah. I know his, his brother is in musical theater, I think, isn't he? He's, his younger brother, his older brother, his older brother is like an accomplished concert like pianist. Yeah, okay. Like he played Carnegie Hall at like 19. <laughs> Yeah, crazy. His younger brother. And he was like, I'm going to go be a comic and show them. Yeah. His <laughs> younger brother was an Olympic level figure skater. Oh my God. And is now and is now a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and Brent is an idiot. No, um, he, uh, he, t- he tells jokes. He's yeah, super freaking talented though. I mean, it's just that. Yeah, but the, him and I have been doing the road together since, well, I'd say oh oh seven oh eight wow that's a good long that's a good long time yeah we've been doing the road together that long and you know and, and i you know, now it's what's great is i have my own dates and stuff for headlining as well but yeah i never turned down the opportunity to do the road with him he never says yes to a gig until he asks me if i want to do it <laughs> oh really that's um you because he, he goes but it's it's at the point now where it's not about the money. It's just the show. Cause what we we're putting on a show, yeah, right? Yeah. Like he'll sometimes spend the first 15 minutes of his set talking about me right. <laughs> shit that I talked about <laughs> on my set, you know? And yeah, you guys think that's that he's making that shit up. No, no, it's real. Like he does that whole thing, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, so we've been going on the road and it's just so fun and so comfortable. And there's nothing like doing the road with a buddy. That's a, that's it's, immediately what I got when I met you guys. First of all, you were just like, Oh, we got a new guy. Get in here. New guy. I, that's exactly the idea of Brent, like seeing you guys outside the club going, can I hang out with you guys? I just imagine mm-hmm. like three weeks later, you turned around and you're like, oh shit, he's still there. He's stuck. Come on, right. let's go like, hang out. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. You know, I remember when we met you, you were very hesitant, not met you because I met you in LA, in LA, but when you, when we did the show at Charlotte, you were hesitant to come in the green room. Yeah. And I remember yep. Brent at one point go, what are you doing? Get in here. <laughs> right, that's right. Like you're part of this. <laughs> right. And that's, we, we, we truly believe that there are so many comics that are weird as shit about that. I don't normally go in a green room for the reasons that you're exactly talking about. Right. I, I yeah. don't like being, it's oftentimes uncomfortable comics. Some comics just don't, they're not warm. You know, they, they act like, what are you even doing in here? Yeah. So it's it's their level. green room, not my green room kind of thing. Yeah. Here's the thing with Brent and I, we remember how it felt to be treated that way. 
Right. And we remember that it fucking sucked. (laughs) And what's the point? You know what I mean? Really? What's the point? We're having, we're in this, look, we are in the silly business. We're in the silly business. (laughs) Why are we being so serious in the green room? You know, let's just be fun. And that's what I love about working with Brandon too. Cause I'm one of those guys that I like to feel like with me, I'm the same guy off stage that I am on stage. Mm -hmm. Brent's the same way. We're just silly guys. And that's why we're doing this for a living, you know? Yeah. And you get those guys that are just so serious before and after their sets and they they need their space and I need to get it. I need to, uh, I need to go over my set. You need to go over your set. You're fucking headlining. You shouldn't know your set by now. (laughs) I mean, you need to go over it. Stop reading notes. Have that shit memorized. I remember after one, one of the weekends, we even had half and he'll, he'll never claim that this happened because friends, you guys are always doing videos and all kinds of just weird shit. And we were, and we were doing this like funny walk and it's, Oh, I still have that co- somewhere. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it was, and there was like six of us. And you were like, no, no, no we're going to do this. Hang on, hang on. We just, we did it like three times where we did this weird yeah, yeah. walk together. And even half like the owner was there. It just, yeah, that's yeah. how it was like green room to stage, off stage, later hanging to out bar. to the bar. Oh, it's just great, man. At the end of the night, you almost don't want to go home. Yeah. Yes. This is, uh, you guys have like set the bar for what, what weekends of comedy should be. And you're right. I don't want, I, you know, I, I loved him, but you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, there's this famous uh, article about between him and uh, I'm forgetting the other actor uh, who was type one, basically he was like, you got to suffer for your art. And he was brooding and, you know, clearly sad. And like, he, he was that yeah. guy. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I want to be the guy over here who loves what he does. He was like, Oh my God, I can't believe yeah. I get to go do this for work today. You know? And don't get me wrong. We are good. I'm, I'm, I've had crazy shit happen in my life and, and sad things and horrible things, which in my opinion, it makes me funny, you sure. know? Yeah, I'm right. But just because, you know, I don't want, doesn't mean, yeah, yo, you have to feel that way too. <laughs> you need to, you need to feel like shit in order to, I'm like, what? I'll just go work at the post office. I don't, you know what I mean? Right. right. Yes. If yes, if that's how you feel, does it, is this really the business for you? Cause I do like yeah. to get into to asking comics about their, their style of comedy as we're kind of tiptoeing mm. into this. And you know, I I've seen you do so many kind of different things, but it's also fun to hear. Like, how would you describe your comedy? I mean, it, my comedy. Yeah. I, I, I've been asked that a lot and, and this is the best answer I can come up with. I want the audience to feel like they're hanging out with me. I don't want them to feel like I'm talking at them or performing in front of them. I want them to feel like we're all hanging out together and we're just having a blast. And I'm just telling funny stories of talking about my, my bullshit and, you know, just letting them in, (laughs) just letting them in. Yeah. That's great. I love it. Yes. I I think that's, that's, that's pretty fair. Cause like you, you'll tell like jokes, but you also have stories and and shit that I think is. I say I'm, I'm a, I'm the type of comedian that's not really a joke, jokes, joke writer, like mm-hmm. set up punch. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's, I always, I've talked about this on so many podcasts. Bob Newhart uh, said this thing on Mark Maron's podcast once. And I just went, that's, that's it. That's exactly how I feel. He was referring to himself as a comedian. Maron would say a comic. Newhart would say a comedian. Maron would say, so finally Maron's like, what's the difference? You, you know, you keep saying, I'm not a, I'm not a comic, I'm a comedian. And Newhart said it perfectly. He said, a comic is a person who says funny things, but a comedian is a person who says things funny. Oh my God. So Interesting. in other words, I don't need there to be a punchline when I'm talking about my son's dog, because I'm just saying the thing fun. Right. You know, never heard that. I'm and then the dog shit and took a fucking fart. Like, <laughs> that's not the funny part. The funny, the funny part, in my opinion, is the real, is the real story because most people could relate 
And when you, when they feel like you're talking about them and they're like, Oh shit, they're going to laugh because yeah. they're putting themselves in that situation. They're going, Oh my God, that's so fucking true. That's, that's so true. You know? So that's my thing. I, I feel like I'm going to, and Joe Coy told me that Joe Coy is one of my best friends in comedy. That's the guy who him and Joe Coy and Russell Peters are the guys that got me started doing this. And, um, they, Joe said to me one time, he goes, don't tell me, don't, what did he say? He's like, he goes, don't ask me why I think it's what I think is just tell me why you think is funny. It's hard to, but like, so in my standup, what people ask me, are you, are you ever nervous? And I'm not. And here's why, because I don't concern myself. This is going to sound weird as a comedian, but I don't concern myself with what they're going to think is funny. Wow. You will fucking drive yourself insane doing that. Yeah. And what I, I already, I, I'm talking about what I think is hilarious. And I truly believe it's hilarious. And I think when you talk like that on stage and you exude that, you really believe that it's funny. The audience in some way has no choice but to get it on board. Right. I had another, you know? uh, another headliner say something very similar. And, and this, huh? is, this is a couple of years ago, uh, you know, behind me, he said, he said, once you stop worrying about what this audience thinks or gives a uh, shit about, he's like, the sky's the limit. He's like, you, you, it'll never be, you're going to destroy this place. Don't worry about what they think. or what they, You're the pro. Don't worry about them. Exactly. And I do all my writing on stage. Ah, I was going to ask that. I was like, where, where, you know, where's, how do you develop you'll never, this stuff? You'll never see me at a coffee shop with a book open <laughs> with a pen going, hmm, let me think of some funny things. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, I, I don't have to think of funny things because I'm a comedian. The world is funny to me. Right. Right. So I don't need to go searching for it at, the, at a Starbucks in a, in a notepad, you know? Yeah. Right. I've had right. so many people ask me to have writing sessions with them. I'm like, I don't do that. No. <laughs> also, I don't need you to tell me what's funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got this. You know? I got this right. It's, it, it's just, I've, I've had comedians get so frustrated with me because they wanted to have writing sessions and I'm like, yo, that's not my process. And then I've had people where I tell them, they're like, what do you, how do you, what, what do you do? I go on stage and I start talking and I find it on stage. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so many comics don't believe me. <laughs> they get so <laughs> pissed off. Like, uh, no, 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 it's no. not because it's not easy to do. I don't think for the average person that's, I think there's, yeah, it, it, it's a certain level of confidence, but it also, I think it has a lot to do with my age and the life that I, the life experience that I've had before I was a comedian. Yeah. Right. Yes. You know, you, as you know, I, I started at a later age. I didn't start doing stand-up until I was 35 years old. Right, which is, by the way, I think is pretty close to when I started. And I do think that I'm learning the longer I'm doing this, the more that I find people who didn't start at at 18 or 19 like Brent, that son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you uh, something about that, and he'll admit this. Yeah. He wasn't funny. Oh, oh, really? No. Me and Chris used to sit in the back of the room going, what the fuck is this kid talking about? <laughs> Nothing. He's 19. Yeah, he exactly. nothing to talk about. You, you, you know, you get like, think about the biggest names in comedy right now. These guys are all in their 50s. Right. Yes. You know? And I love Burr, that. Sebastian. Like, these guys, they're all experienced people who've lived a life. Right. You know, and I think that has a lot to do with me coming in strong, starting strong, mm -hmm. and having the confidence to go up and just talk. Plus, I did that for years as a martial arts instructor. I, mm -hmm. I commanded large groups of people every day, multiple times a day. I had a, like, you think about it, think about how scared comedians get when they're like, I got to do an hour. How do I, I don't even know if I have 30 minutes. <laughs> I taught one hour long classes to five-year-olds 
four to five times a day. <laughs> and that muscle to command that room and keep their attention for that long, that's a muscle that you need for stand-up. It's stage time, man. You're talking about yep. stage time. I, I, I believe yes. that. Yeah. That's why teachers. So I had that going for me. And, you know, and then I, and I, when I taught martial arts, I taught with humor. I mean, I never took myself seriously. I make, I, I made fun of and still make fun of martial arts so much because <laughs> as in anything and activity, when we have this in comedy and there's always this group of just dorks that want to do it. <laughs> dorks. And I love making fun of those martial arts geeks, you know, and uh, that's how it is with stand up. People, do, people don't just do it. They want, they think they have to geek out on it and dork out on it. And like, yeah. they have to walk around with their notepad and, and wear the uniform of a comedian. It's all such that's, and that's where I'm at. I'm at the age where I'm like, I, I see your bullshit. I see it. <laughs> Either you're funny or you're not, you know? See, I told people that you're like, you're an onion. Like, see, so you, the martial arts thing, you're, we're going to learn, like he had a life where he was also a truck driver. And then he also worked for <laughs> NASA for a short time. This is who this yeah. guy is. I'm telling you, every time we hang out, it's like something new. It's like, wait, you did what? Jesus Christ. I've, I've had three lives already. Yeah. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I was, my father was in the music industry. My dad had a hit single in 1970 and toured all over with that. Awesome. Actually, the theme song to the Lions in podcast is my dad's hit from 1970. Really? Yeah. So I was, I grew up in music, so I wanted to do music. And when I was 19, about 19, I, I signed a record contract with Polygram <laughs> Island Records as a hip hop producer. And I produced hip hop. Wow. That did that for a while. That's crazy. My big claim to fame on that was I got my, I got my music in an HBO movie that was Forrest Whitaker's directorial debut. No Forrest Whitaker did a movie for HBO back in the day called Strapped. And it was like a gang type movie. Right and I did a bunch of the songs on the soundtrack and didn't get paid a dime. And um, <laughs> I had a bad contract because I was 19. That did that. And then I had another son I had a second kid coming and I like, I need to put food on the table. So meanwhile, from age 12 years old, I was studying martial arts and my, my martial arts instructor had a very successful school and he had a beautiful home and nice cars. So my brother was a black belt. My dad was a black belt. I was, and, and uh, we decided at 21, my brother and I were 21. We decided to open a family business and we opened our own school and then ran that successfully. That thing was fire. I mean, I, that yeah. thing, I mean, 21 year old kid, I had two brand new cars and you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Right. But I wasn't fully happy. I wasn't fulfilled because I always had that entertainment bug. Right. When the kid, but I didn't want to leave my kids because when you, when you know more than anybody, cause you're a comic, when you're doing this stuff, you have, you have to hit the road and you have to be gone a lot. Yeah. It's and very selfish. It's a, a very lot. selfish thing. Like, uh, yeah. It's, so we're such, we're pieces of shit. <laughs> my dad was gone a lot before I was between the age of zero and like nine years old. My dad was still in the music industry mm -hmm. and he was just gone a lot. And I remember when I was having my second kid, my dad was like, don't miss anything. Don't miss anything. And so I was like, all right. So I kind of put dreams on hold and ran my successful business. And then when my kids were, I think they were 11 and 15, I, was with Joe Coy one night and I said, I, this, I think this is what I want to do. You know? Yeah. Joe helped me get into the business. I mean, I met you, Joe you, you knew at that point that you didn't really like your kids. So you're like, I can go now. I was done. I was yeah. done. These guys are, these guys are assholes. <laughs> just taking my money. There you go. I get it. Yeah. You know, I don't, they're just taking all my wife's attention. Fuck these kids. Um, but no. And so I got into it at that thinking, okay, they, they, they're, they're in school. I've coached little league. I'm doing all this dad stuff. I'm kind of want to do a, do a thing. For, and my dad 
was dying and I was questioning my own mortality thinking, okay, I don't got much time. I need to get shit done. And then, so that's why I never did open mics or anything like that. I just went yeah. straight into doing shows because I lied to a club owner. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. So I wanted, I wanted yeah. you to talk about this. This is, oh, yeah. this is how this is like, again, I, I made the, the fate joke. This is why this is supposed to happen for you. Tell, tell the story. How you got Okay. Before I tell this, whenever I tell the story, if there's comedians listening to this podcast, this is not how it fucking works. Okay? <laughs> this is only my story. This ain't going to happen for you. But what I did is I was fortunate enough to be friends with some pretty heavy hitter comics. And one night I'm out with, <laughs> I'm out with Joe Coy. Uh, it was me, Joe Coy, John Lovitz. Funny enough that we mentioned his club <laughs> yeah. and a guy named Fraser Smith, who's a, he's a, he's a huge staple in LA. Uh, we're out at a comedy club. And the next night I got the courage to, to go to the haha ha cafe in North Hollywood. And I dropped all three of those guys' names. And first of all, here's how I had no idea how it works. We all know that in most cases, the person who owns the club is not the person who books the club. And so I went up to the haha ha cafe to the front door and I asked the bouncer for the owner. <laughs> so, so my name's Jason, and I need to speak to the owner of this establishment. I'm a comedian. And, I've, and I'm, I wasn't. I've never done stand-up. And they're like, okay. So they went and got him. He came out. He goes, hey, how you doing? I go, hey, my name's Jason Collins. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, I was with Joe Coy. I was, I, go, I was with my buddy Joe Coy and John Lovitz and Fraser Smith last night. And I was trying to ask them, what's a good spot to come work out? <laughs> and they said, here. And I'm like dropping these great names. So yeah. he's already getting gassed up like, oh, those guys. And this right. is the Ha Ha Cafe. In North yeah. I said, yeah, they told me. That, and this is what I said. And by the way, these guys never said this. They told me to do open mics. <laughs> I said that they uh, said, yeah, they said that if I came here, that you would put me on a show. And he pauses and looks at me and goes, Joe Coy said that. I go, yeah, just so confident. <laughs> Joe Coy said that. Uh -huh. This is exactly what he said. He goes, how long have you been doing comedy? And in my head, I'm like, zero minutes. <laughs> but out loud, I said, five years. <laughs> That's the number I said. Right. <laughs> he said, come back tomorrow. You're on the eight o'clock show. Wow. Tomorrow's eight o'clock show was a Friday night full house. <laughs> right. They gave me the third spot, 15 minutes. Come on. Okay. Man. I get there. They're like, hey, you Jason Collins? I go, yeah. All right, cool. You're on third. You're doing 15. I'm going to light you at 12 minutes. And I'm like, okay, great. In my head, I'm like, the fuck is he talking about light? I didn't know what that was. <laughs> But I didn't want to seem like I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, yeah, like me, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's do it. So then I get on stage. I'm doing well. I'm doing crowd work. I'm sitting down on the stool oh my doing God. callbacks. <laughs> then the promoter of the show from the back of the room, and this back then they had flip phones, opens his phone and starts waving his phone at me. And my first thought was like, do I have a fucking phone call? <laughs> then I realized, oh, I've been up here for a little bit. That's what he meant by the light. So then I, I wrapped it up. I got off stage. Dude, so cocky. I got off stage. John Roy. You know the comedian John Roy? Uh, I don't think I do. John Roy talks like this. French fries. He's, he's whatever. Um, Sorry, John. He's, he's next. And I, so I walk past him. He goes, hey, man, how long have you been doing comedy? And this is what I fucking said. I go, well, what? I go, I go well, what time is it? <laughs> Tells me the time I go doing comedy for about 15 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. Then I walk Lord. up to the owner. The owner goes, good job, buddy. Come back tomorrow. You're on the show tomorrow too. No, and I've been doing stand up ever since. Kidding me, man. Yeah. 
That is just again, kids. This isn't how it works. <laughs> you snuck. Not how it you works. You snuck into the Super Bowl and got on the field is what mm-hmm. you just told me. Like that's that's crazy. Yep. And about four months after that, no, five five or six months after that, I got on this show at the Hollywood Improv. And there was this guy that I did that I started stand up with named uh, Phil Verone. And Phil Verone was the drummer for Skid Row that decided he wanted to do stand up. So, me, this is a trip. You know who Mo Collins is, right? Mm -hmm. Mo Collins, Mad TV, and all the movies and shit. Me, Phil Verone, and Mo Collins were all that first night that I did stand up. Those two were on the show as well. Really? And what I didn't know is it was their first time too. No kidding. We literally started together. Yeah. Like the same night. Chris D'Elia was on that that night. Chris D'Elia was on that same show, and he was only a six-month comic. Mm. Wow. So this was like those days. and But Phil and Mo had Mad TV, so it was easy for like people treated her like she was not new. Mm -hmm. Phil Verone had the walk walk and roll thing. So people were, and, and all of the clubs were trying to get him to do a show. And he ended up building this show called Sex, Stand Up, and Rock and Roll. And it was literally that it was, it was a, a sex toy company sponsored the show. <laughs> like they were given dildos. Oh, that's Skid Row. Got it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, rock and rollers were like fucking slash came to a show. It was great. No but anyways, kidding. the improv Good gave boy. him a show called sex stand up and rock and roll. And six months into my standup, Phil Verone goes, they allow me to put one per, they allow me to book a comic. They put all improv guys up and they allow me to bring one guy. So what he's doing every week is he's bringing one of his friends from the haha when one night it was Dalia, and then he brought me in wow. and then when he when he brought me in i had a great set and the um manager at the time saw i so after i did the show i was like yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna go back on friday and i went there on a friday night just to hang out and when i got there there was a line down the street to get into the <laughs> club and i'm like whoa so i walked up to the person at the door who happened to be the manager and i go what show is this and she goes, oh, this is the Latino night. This is uh, Refried Fridays is what it called it. It was the hottest show at the club that, in, that, in those days. Like down the street and around the block line to get into this thing. And she goes, oh, I remember you. You were on Phil Verone's show the other night. I go, yeah. She goes, you know what? I think I get you a spot on this show. Literally like that. <laughs> and I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, come on in. She goes, I'm going to introduce you to the guy that's uh, producing the show tonight. Now, the guy that was producing the show that night wasn't the actual producer. The real producer of that show was on a road gig in Texas. So this guy goes, I'll give you five minutes. I get five <laughs> minutes. I do such a good job that he goes, I'm going to tell the actual promoter about you. So come back next week. Go back next week. <laughs> that guy goes, I want to see him. Puts me up. From that day forward for the next, I don't know how long, I was on that show every Friday night, either doing a spot or hosting it. And then the booker's assistant was in the audience, was, was there one night just having drinks. And my buddy, who's an actor, was chatting her up at the bar. And he said, hey, my friend Jason Collins is about to go on. Let's go in and watch him. He didn't know she was the booker's assistant. <laughs> so she comes in and watches me with him. The next day, the actual booker, Eric Abrams, who's now with like Comedy Central or something, hits me up and says, hey, man, we want to book you for a weekend in Ontario at the improv. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is happening right now? Dude, you're the right? Midas touch, dude. My this God. is why I'm telling people this isn't how it works. <laughs> my very first weekend, I emceed for fucking Patrice O'Neill. Oh, my Jeez. God, dude. Yeah. The show was me emceeing, Ian Edwards featuring Patrice O'Neill headlining a wow. full weekend. Then the next, the very next time that happened, it was me and I can't remember who the, MC, the feature was and Witherspoon. No kidding. 
And then Witherspoon liked me so much that he requested me to feature the next time he was at that club. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, right? yeah, honestly, it's and, nuts. And then I had been doing it ever since. And then, you know, things kind of plateau and it becomes real and you start doing bowling alleys. You guys were talking about the bowling alley yeah. thing? <laughs> yeah, One right. of my favorite shows forever that me and Brent, <laughs> me and Brent Morin and this kid named Dino Archie would do. If Dino Archie ran it. It was at uh, Lucky Strikes Bowling Alley in Orange County, California. Every Thursday night, we would go down there and do stand up, and it was uh, a blast. That's beautiful. Yeah, gotta love a bowling blast. alley, man. Yeah, yeah. The people, nice. the, everything about the bowling alleys are great. I love them. Yeah. Knocked around for a little while, and then uh, year six or seven is when Leno's Booker saw me, and then, then yeah. I got that. All right, we're going to talk about that because I, I want to hear that because I know that I know about this set. Actually, I watched that set, but we're going to take a quick break. Oh, there's a whole crazy story than the one I did yeah. tonight's show. You know, uh, it's not going to be normal. Of course, it's not going to be normal. No, yeah. you know, you're 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 touched. You got, you got you've been touched. <laughs> You can take that any way you want. All right, but we're going to take a quick break. If you want to see Jason Collings, check out uh, jasoncollings.com, and he's all over social media, so definitely do it. But jasoncollings.com has all the podcasts and videos and all kinds of stuff. It's definitely worth uh, worth it to check that out. And also, don't forget about the Comedy Zone. This weekend, they have uh, My Name Is Not Mom, uh, Internet Sensation. They took off over the pandemic. Go to cltcomedyzone.com for a full schedule of events. And uh, we'll be right back with Jason Collins. Ortho Carolina personalized orthopedic care goes beyond my appointment. Accessible, comprehensive, and compassionate. It's my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked. Plus, the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org slash Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit CDC.gov slash COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Comedy Zone podcast. We're having a great conversation with the super talented and and multifaceted and and just gorgeous Jason Collings. What you just say? Yeah. Oh, no one can see him. All right, never mind. It's fine. Uh, we we just, like to ask you know what have we learned uh, after the first segment, right, Brian? I think we learned that uh, this is not how comedy works. <laughs> nope. It's, it's very important to note. Uh, also, Jason is an onion. He's done mm-hmm. a lot of different things. I didn't want to bring up how outside of the club the first time they were here, a guy bumped into me. I don't know if you remember this, Jason. Guy bumped into me. He was a kid. I mean, he was a kid. Immediately went into fuck you. Bang! Kind of wanted a piece of it at you, at me, yeah. At okay. me. Well, of course, yeah. First of all, yeah. But we're there with Jason and all these other people. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, even still, Jason uh, steps in, literally just moves me out of the way slowly, just like, and just takes over this this poor kid. <laughs> Had no idea what he was stepping into. Literally, the lion's den. And you were just so 
amazing to talk this kid off of what was going to be a painful yeah. recovery. Because uh, <laughs> there was like six of us. All, and he just right. kind of got super aggressive. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. At yeah. All. yeah. Poor kid. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. What are you, you, this is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. You were like, in, it immediately became like this guy's dad. Yep. He was like, look, man, all your decisions you're making are bad. You need to just relax. <laughs> go have a good time. All of his friends were like, uh, we need to get out of here. Can we go? And you're just like, it's fine. You don't want to do anything. Yeah. It was great. It was just like yeah. not, not aggressive what, at all. Just super confidence. Cool. For a little while, I did personal protection. Right on. And I, and I kind of worked with a few NBA guys. And you have to have that like calmness. You can't be like the hothead. Yeah. Well, fuck, dude, because it's going to make them look bad, obviously. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, yep. it was Chris, uh, Chris Weber. I don't know if you remember Chris Weber. Yeah. And Latrell Sprewell. I worked for both of those guys at one point. Right on. Wow. Told yeah. you. There's an onion, folks. Later, this guy's sweet. got it all. Yeah. So when we left, you were talking about uh, doing the, the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, which is, you know, I mean, listen, that's, <laughs> that that's the, the goal for for long, long time. And I wanted uh, to do it with Leno because I knew that the change was happening. See, that's the thing. I booked it. I was so excited because I booked it. Mm-hmm. The booker saw me. He, he did a, a conference call with me and my manager. and was like, you're on the books, dude. You booked the Tonight Show. And I'm crying. Yeah, and just unbelievable. And then nothing happened for six months or something Ugh. like that. Oh, man. Does they, they do they, they do that? The board. Is that a thing? Yeah, like, they put you on the books and they're like, when we find the right date for you, you're, you're in. But you're on their board. Good Lord. You're booked. And then all of a sudden, I'm not hearing anything. So I call my manager. I go, what's going on? He goes, you know, man, honestly, I got to tell you, this might not happen. I go, what? He goes, well, they're moving the show to New York. Jimmy Fallon's taking over. We might have to go somewhere else. We might have to do. And, and when they moved the show to New York and became Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show, everything changed. Yeah. Bookers, right. producers, sure. everything. So it would have to be a whole different thing. Yikes. So I'm like, shoot, okay. He goes, well, so sorry, man. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about maybe Conan or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. So then I didn't hear anything. And then one day I'm, I'm, I'm home. I, I, was, I went for a run and I was having one of those, my days, my, I was having one of those days of like, my career is going nowhere. Why did I, why did I try to do this? What am I thinking? <laughs> and familiar. I walk and I walk into the house after I'm drenched in sweat and my phone rings and it's my manager. I'm like, oh, God, you know, that sucks when you get to that point where you're nervous to hear from your manager. <laughs> like you always want to go, oh, my manager's calling. What has he got for me? At that point, I was like, oh, what bad news is this going to be? <laughs> and this was 2013. So I answer the phone and he says, can you do the Tonight Show today? I said, what? <laughs> he goes, I need an answer now. I go, well, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can do it today. Dude, I didn't know I was doing the Tonight Show till the day I did it. Jesus. No shit. I was told that day. And I, I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you immediately goes, go okay, poopy, poopy, because poopy? Because <laughs> that's right? what I would do, yes. That's when the poopy, poopy came out. <laughs> and he goes, good, because the car's going to pick you up in 45 minutes. And I'm like, whoa. And at the time, my son, my 26-year-old was 18, and he was here. And my, my oldest had moved out. But it was so it was just me and my son here. And I looked at my boy, John. I go. Hey, dude, you, you, you want to go to the Tonight Show today? He goes, okay. <laughs> All right, let's get ready. And when we both get ready and showered up and everything, and uh, the car picked us up and took us to set, Jay Leno came into my dressing room like before anyone was there. And he's like, hey, what's up, man? I go, he goes, and he was so fucking awesome, dude. He goes, you, don't, you know you don't need to be nervous, right? You're here for a reason. You, you're supposed to be here. And I go, oh, yeah. And he goes, and, and don't forget, if you fuck it up, we could just do it again. Oh, wow. Just made me chill, right? Then he asks one of the producers, like, did you show him a spot where he's supposed to stand? And then the guy goes, no, no, okay, I'll do it right now. I go, no, nah, no, nah, don't worry about it. I'll do it. 
And then wow. Jay takes me out onto the set. And this is, there's nobody here. Lights out. Oh, he goes, man. hey, you're basically going to walk through that door and stand around there. Don't go that far. Don't over. Anyways, how's it going, man? How's the comedy scene in LA? You're a store guy, right? And we just talk comedy for like 30 minutes. <laughs> walking around set. That's you know? amazing, man. That's like, like okay. that's a, you, you got to see like, uh, I went to, I saw the Sistine Chapel with like four mm-hmm. people. That right, you right. did, you did that. That's a true story. Yeah. Like we went, we figured this thing out. We went there. We stood in like this amazing. You stood at <laughs> with Leno on on set. stage with nobody else there, and he was in his and he was in his denim outfit. It was awesome. <laughs> Just <laughs> denim outfit tucked in. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't you be. Shouldn't be no, tucked, no. It, tucked it hard and um. Just really cool. And then I go into the dressing room. I put on the, the wardrobe that they got me and they get me ready. And then the other guest on the show is Justin Timberlake. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh shit, this show's going to get so many views. You're going to have to do the show with an erection. Is what you were so saying. So many. <laughs> right. oh boy, he's hot. Hey, he's hot. He's hot. <laughs> he's hot. I don't know why so I, I do the set. I, I do my set. And by the way, I had the set memory. I had the set so fucking ready for that six months that I didn't hear anything. Oh my God. That I didn't have to look at the teleprompter. I didn't have to look at the clock. I just looked at the audience. I'm like, I'm going to play this like I'm at a club. Hmm. Yeah. And I just looked at the crowd the whole time and just did my, my act. And I got off on four and a half minutes on the dot. Like oh Leno was like, that was a perfect set. Four and a half <laughs> minutes, six applause breaks. Wow. Yeah, I remember we talked about you. Yeah. Right. That's right. And I was so proud of this thing. And then I get home that night and everybody's and everybody's on back then. Facebook was still the thing. Only question that anybody's asking me is, hey, what did you say to Justin Timberlake? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then I realized, oh, the, sh- the, the thing that they showed on television when I got done with my set and walked over and shook hands with everybody, I leaned in and I said something to him and he just cracked up. Really? So everybody wanted to know what I said, but what a lot of people don't know is that that was the second take because not my set. I didn't have to do my set twice, but after my set and I got the huge thing and they're like, okay, we're going to have to do the send off sign off again. Just all you got to do is say, no, no, the guy first goes, all right, we're going to have to do that again. Cause Leno fucked his lines up when I walked over to the thing and said hi and everything. Yeah. Then he's supposed to go, all right, that was Jason Collins. And next week our guests are this. And he forgot to mention one thing. So he goes, we're gonna have to do that again. And I'm like, what? I'm going to do my set again. I thought I had to do my set again. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, no, 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 no. Just say goodnight one more time. Oh, okay. And what I said to Justin Timberlake when I walked (laughs) over is I leaned in and I said, I hope it doesn't fuck this one up. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what I said to him. Oh, that's awesome, uh, man. Oh, my God. It was surreal. And then I go into my dressing room and it's literally, I go into my dressing room. We were all kind of hanging out and talking on set. Timberlake's like, dude, you're so good. Where are you from? I says, oh, I'm from Long Beach, California. He goes, oh, my ex-girlfriend's from Long Beach. I go, I know. I went to high school with her, Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I go, yeah, I know. And then we just kind of, we're just kind of bullshitting. And then we start all walking back to our dressing rooms. And he's got this entourage that just follows him everywhere. And we get to my dressing room and he kind of does this motion, like the don't, you guys don't need to come in to his entourage. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Justin goes into my dressing room and Leno goes into the dressing room and we close the door. <laughs> and it's just me, Justin Timberlake, Jay Leno, and my son <laughs> oh, sitting in my dressing room, hanging out. And at one point, I'm, it's to me, I'm just, I'm still in the moment and I'm we're hanging and talking. And then I yeah. slowly glance over to the corner where my son's sitting and the look on his face. <laughs> 
was like, oh, this is what he does now. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. It was shit. great. Yeah. And the next day, my manager was like, did Justin reach out? I go, what, what do you mean? He goes, his, his reps called me. He wants to like, hang. Wow. Oh, my God. Like, okay. I, I love him. I want to fuck. fuck him. I mean, I love him. <laughs> he never reached out. Oh. Never reached out. Busy he, guy. I don't he, know if you guys know that about Mr. Kimberly. He's a like, busy, 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 busy guy. He likes to be the funniest yeah, guy. Was, so that might have been the problem. Yeah. 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 You're, you're he's actually been. not a, he's actually pretty funny. He is pretty funny, actually. Listen, I now I'm talking, I, got, I still have a crush on him. No, no, he's really a funny guy. <laughs> guys, give him a chance. Give him a chance. Uh, <laughs> he's got good banter. He and, he and Jimmy Fallon, actually. I always thought yeah, yeah, they were pretty yeah. funny on there. Ah, oh, dude, that's an insane story. Crazy. What? Oh, uh, that, that 2013 was my fucking year, man. Yeah, I guess so. Good grief. I'm like that. I'm like that guy that peaked in high school and I always talk about 2013. Yeah, two, I wish I could go. Remember uh, Napoleon Dynamite? And <laughs> yeah. I wish I could go back to 82. Uh, Uncle yeah, Rico. In 2013, I did, I did BET Comic View. I did The Tonight Show. I got invited and paid to do Just for Laughs Montreal, oh, and wow. I got my name on the wall at the Comedy Store all in that one year. Good grief! Yeah, that's that's yeah. it. You did peak. That yeah, was it. I peaked. I'm done. And then it leveled out. <laughs> then 2018, you got to work with Jason Allen King. Yeah, and, and then <laughs> I met this dude. I met this fun size Jason Collins. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Everyone, we, we've literally done this because uh, w- w- I've sent pictures to you and back and forth where we have like almost the same outfit on stage. And I was like, look, same I'm glasses, you. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. The, 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 the short beard. Yep. That's right. Uh, yeah. We look so good. Yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> the best part is when the first time we worked together at the club, how everybody just started right, right then and there noticing it going, yeah. wait, wait a minute. <laughs> We're cracking up. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That was pretty great. And you have a twin brother. So it was like, I'm actually a triplet. Good looking. Good, look, good looking yeah. fella. Yeah, that's right. Good looking dude. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Where do we even take this conversation? You peaked in the, in the conversation for crying out loud. Yeah. Let's talk and, about your and, podcast, man. Let's talk, oh, let's yeah. talk about the line, that. The line, you guys listen to, watch us, whatever. We're on every platform. Uh, the Lions in podcast with Brent Moore and Jason Collins. We just, it's just literally, we just have a good time for an hour. <laughs> just, we, we, we review, uh, what do we do? We do reaction videos to hip hop videos. People love that. <laughs> they see these two, like just white guys doing reaction videos to WAP and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> right. right. And, and they love in our reactions. Cause we're like, oh, this is very, this is very nice. This is a good, good beat. You know, just <laughs> because we also have a clips channel. They'll put, they do a bunch of this stuff. But yeah, Lions Den with Brent Moore and Jason Collings is everywhere. And then, of course, on YouTube as well. And then I have my own YouTube channel called The Mr. Jason Collings Show. Uh, right God, now, okay. I'm just on YouTube, but I'm about to be on all the uh, audio platforms as well. That is and that's wild. just me. My brother's producing it. And I'm just talking. I'm just talking. What I do on stage, I'm just talking shit. It's it, it, to me. There's a there's a certain skill. And again, I, I was kind of said about the charisma thing. There's just something certain people can do kind of what you do not a lot of people is what i mean to say and yeah. you your ability to to riff and vamp and like all those those terms that people use and and that's why i think mm-hmm. you and brent are such a uh such an interesting sort of duo when you guys are talking because because it all comes from from experiences and some some intellect behind it because you right. talked about like the 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 hip-hop and stuff and that mm-hmm. night you sang along 
kind of with a song and it was a super high falsetto. It was like Marvin Gaye. You literally oh, wow. brought the bar to a stop because of how, how <sighs> good it was. What song was that? I can't I, remember. I don't, I can't remember what it was either, but I remember half, again, half was there and he's such a big music fan, especially uh, rock and, and mm. you just brought the house and it's like, what the hell is going on here with these guys? Yeah. And, uh, Dude, and Brent jumped in. So I can, you know, how many, you know, you know how many times after weekend gigs we get, messages from our reps going what are you guys doing i'm getting all these messages <laughs> people are like what the i, I gotta see this <laughs> yeah and it's, it's so spur of the moment it's not rehearsed no none of it's rehearsed we literally when we get into from town, what i go, saw anyway yeah. you think maybe we should ask for a piano this weekend <laughs> dude nashville was great because we did it with a guitar what'd you do zanies yeah uh when, when were you there recently did i feel like i feel like I'd... i was brent and i were just there recently yeah that's a great club, man. I, I, I like yeah. all the people out there. It went, so went, went pretty well. Great, yeah, yeah Lucy's yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah. we, have, dude, we have so much fun. That's the thing. It's so much fun. And then we are like, we get paid to be idiots. <laughs> you know? And, so, the, and the riffing and the bantering and, uh, and the whatever you call it stuff, that's just all. That's The thing is, is that that's how we've been in life. Right. That's how I was growing up. My brother and I were at one point always being, you know, singled out and picked on for being twins and like, mm -hmm. so you, you, just you added you attention. Talk, right. Yeah. 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 You learn to talk your way out of shit and that, you know, that, that helps a right. lot. Did that, but did yeah. that kind of stuff uh, uh, roll off to your kids? I know, you know, they, they seem to be sort of certainly a part of all this. So I kind of want, are they my, getting into both, this stuff? Both of my sons are artists. They're different. They're not, mm -hmm. they don't, they, uh, my youngest is a graphic, uh, my youngest is a photographer. Wow. He's a very, very artistic, talented photographer. My oldest is a graphic designer and does a lot of graphics. And then they are both in the cannabis industry. Really? Oh, that's so they're going to be able to take care of that. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. So um, I used that's to do interesting. A bit about my son being my son when he was seventeen was arrested for selling weed. He, he sold to an undercover <laughs> juvenile narcotics detective. <laughs> And I used to do a bit about it. I says, you know, I, I was blaming myself and I, I felt like such a failure as a father. So I, I went to one of my buddies and I'm like, man, I can't, I can't believe I, I failed. I can't believe this. My son was arrested for selling weed. And here's how shitty my friend is. He says, wait, 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 wait. You mean this whole time we could have been getting our shit from your son? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, yeah, that's uh, so yeah. if they're in the business, I mean, that says a lot about them. They're, they're on the ground floor of yeah, they're, they what's going on. Out there. They, I think for a long time, they weren't big fans of what I'm doing. Yeah. Especially my young, especially my youngest, because 11 years old is still way too young for me to be gone all the time. And that's the one regret that I have. I don't have a lot. That is one of the regrets that I, that he, that, that was rough on him. That was hard on yeah. him. And it strained our relationship for a while. I'm not going to lie. And you know, that's the best part. Best, best comedy is honesty. And yeah. it strained our relationship made for a lot of material. And there was a time when I was really, I, I would feel so guilty about that, but it was like, it was my real life. I, I was talking about life, you know, yeah. and it, and, but you know, he's now 26 and we're good. He's got an, he's got his own place. I just, we just had a lunch date the other day. You know, he's not like me in a lot, in a lot of ways he's like me, but he's not in a lot of ways. He doesn't yeah. want any extra attention. He doesn't want barely, he barely wants to get, he's just not like getting his picture taken. And he's a good looking kid. Yeah. I mean, he shows up to the comedy store and people are like, yo, who is this guy? He dresses really fucking cool and yeah. different. And 
you know, marches to the beat of his own drum. He's just, it's just a super individual. And he's, I'm really proud of him. My oldest is just, he, him and I bond on like hip hop and like sneakers and shit like that. And he's, he's a squared away dude. He's, you know, he's an adult. adult. He's 30. He's going to be next week, uh, September 8th. He's going to be 32. Right on, man. Yeah. You're 32 years old, but yeah, it was rough on him in the beginning and I, and it's, and I get it. And that's, I tell people, you look, you you, be single. If you're going to start this, Mm-hmm. or be with the most understanding people in the world. They, yeah, they, right. You know, they get it because it is a, there is a sacrifice there. And I didn't think it would be, I thought I was going to do it right. I'm not going to do it the way my dad did. I'm going to do yeah. it right. Right, right. I fucked it up. I fucked it up. <laughs> well, it sounds like you got some pretty well-rounded kids, you know, individual, oh, interesting they're guys. They're good kids though. They're, that's the thing. They're really good kids. They're not, you know, they're not troublemakers or yeah. drug addicts or anything like that. They're just, you know, they're great. They're great. They're fucking great. I get so mad when I, cause I do a lot of bits about them and about how annoying, you know, dads get annoyed with their kids. That's a thing. And you get these guys that, that, that don't understand how comedy works and, uh, I remember one time my son was at a show with me and I was doing this stuff about him on stage and this guy drunkenly comes up and goes, is this, 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 is this your asshole son? I'm like, bro, I'm the only one that's allowed to fucking. <laughs> oh and by the God. way, this kid will knock your fucking head off. Both my kids, <laughs> both my boys are very well trained. Yeah. Martial sure, artists sure, sure. and fighters. And yes, yeah, so. though. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, people are idiots. So drunk idiots. Well, now so you, you, you're definitely a father figure. I mean, I could I could see that about you. Again, I think that that uh, lends itself in the charisma I was talking about before. We do have a lot of comics who watch this. I mean, obviously, you didn't take the path that they took. I mean, you've seen comedy change over you know 15, 20 years, and I mean. Mm-hmm. You see it going in a direction. How, how, how would you sort of uh, nudge uh, comics today? I mean, you're seeing, I say, comedy from a different perspective than we see it here in Charlotte. I mean, do you see young comics doing anything different? How do you, you know? Oh, there's, it's so different. And what they're doing differently is they're, they're using social media. Yeah, right. And I'm going to be honest, I fought that for a while, being an old school. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the same. But then I thought, wait a minute. When I started, it wasn't the same when Seinfeld started. Sure. When Seinfeld started, it wasn't the same when, when Bruce started. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to learn how to adapt. So what I'm saying is every tool that you have at your disposal, use it. Use the shit out of it. Right. You know, if there's millions upon millions of people going on TikTok, put your fucking two-minute set on TikTok. Get eyes on it. And that's the thing that's dope about today, too, that I finally realized is that we could do everything on ourselves now. Yes. We could do everything ourselves. We we push we, we push diversity here a lot on uh, diversity in your skills and, and what you do. I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, we could shoot a special. You could take four iPhones, right? And you could shoot a beautiful special. We're in that world now, right? And that's why the industry is a little fucking a little bit of afraid. Sure. Because you know I'm not getting a lot of stuff right now because of the, the diversity pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in Hollywood. My, my first reaction was to be angry about it. Fuck that. What's up? I'm, but you know what? No, 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 no. It, it, it swung that way for a reason. Right. It was very fucking racist and biased for a, ve- a very, very long time. But the mistake in my head that I made was, well, now I guess I'm out. No, I'm not out. I'm not out at all. If they're not going to give me anything, I have all the tools and all the connections to do it my, myself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I could put a special out on YouTube for free. Yeah. And if that thing gets the kind of hits I want it to get, next thing you know, you're selling tickets everywhere. Right. And yeah. now representation knows that. I have reps telling me, bro, put a fucking free special out on YouTube. I'm talking about William Morris, dude. No kidding. 
put your shit on TikTok. You got to be on TikTok. The guy that works for me at William, he just signed a guy because of his TikTok following. Right. So I'm saying use everything at your disposal to these kids. That's another thing I love doing too. I'm, I'm one of those guys that I will, I will lend a helping hand to anybody that asks for it. Yeah, if sure. I think that they're deserving and I think that they're really, their heart is really in what they're doing, I don't mind helping at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love the idea that I was like, yeah, I don't, I've, I've never met this guy, but I'll fuck it. This, this, when you're in LA and you're a comic, the comedy store is an amazing place to come. And what, and, and, and not only did I get you in that night, we hung out. Yeah. yeah that's right. You know? Yeah. That's, there was, there was no re- even reservation from what I got. I was like, I just, I don't know. I, I, first of all, I'm, I don't know how to get into this place. I mean, I'm not going to, I could have bought a ticket, I, no I guess, but I'm pretty sure the show was already kind of not going on, but anyway, yeah, but it was just like, I was like, sure. Where's he at? And you walked out with your phone, like looked around and I was kind of like, yeah. he's looking for somebody. I was like, ah, it's me. And you're like, come on, buddy, let's yeah. go. Yeah. We hung out. With, yeah. When, when Mike was on the phone with you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, walked so I, in, walked into the back with the comics hanging out. Yeah, man. That's right. It was you know, you so cool. Go through the front door. You didn't have to buy a ticket. You know, I didn't tell and you, I, I didn't tell you to get kicked out later because I hung <laughs> out and I said, and I walked around, I went down to the valley and all over the place and I sat in your show and they were like, Hey, you're not supposed to be here. I was like, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be here at all. They're like, yeah, Did you gotta, happen? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. They, but they were, no one was like mad. They were just like, yeah, you're not really supposed to be here. I was like, that's cool, man. I've never been here before. They were super understanding. And I was like, I'll split, yeah, yeah. you know, I left. Did you tell them you were a comedian? I said, I'm here with Jason. Callings. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, 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 did, I, I didn't tell him I was a comic, but I, I, like I said, I didn't want to make any waves. So I just kind of walked around a little bit. It was super cool. If you just said, oh, I'm a comic, they'd have been like, oh, shit. Okay. Well, maybe stand over here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They would have, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even think was to it the do that, actually. Belly room or the, the original room? I went to all of them. <laughs> I walked around See, the place. There for is a, while. a rule in the original room. Yeah. The, the, the comfy chairs in the back uh-huh. only paid regulars can sit there. Really? And so if you're not a pay regular, they'll, they'll be like, oh, you can't sit here. You could find another place to sit. But yeah, Interesting. it's reserved for us so that we could have a place to sit before we go on stage, you know. Right on. Yeah, no, I went, I, I walked through there, but I think someone was, someone was up already. So I went downstairs and I kind of sat in the back in a section that was kind of closed, but I tried to sit as close to the crowd as I could. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It's kind of weird. So, all right. So we were talking about how you're, you're helpful. You're a good dude. You got, we like to ask who has uh, pet peeves. Like this is a fun chance to oh. say something that comics will hold against you later. So you got pet peeves about staying up oh, the business. Got you got, of, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I got plenty of them. My, my biggest pet peeve is I just want to tell so many people don't, don't, don't do this. <laughs> this isn't for everyone. Stay out of the business. Get Go away. <laughs> Go away, please. I have a lot of pet peeves. I don't like how much people throw around the term crushed or killed. Yes. If you're saying you did that a lot, you don't know what that is. Because I said that when I thought I did. And then one time I went, holy shit, that was it. And then one time I went, nope, holy shit, that was it. And then again and again and again. You don't know. You don't know. And here's the thing with crush and kill. Let other people tell you you did that. There it is. That's exactly right. And, and again, I say that, but I say that because that's something that I grew up with. My family was, you don't say you're good. Other right. people tell you you're good. And that right. was a, that's what, that's mar- martial arts taught me that you don't tell people you're the toughest in the room. You show them, you don't demand respect. You earn respect. And that's the same. I, I approach so much of comedy with the martial arts mentality, but yeah, that's one of them. And also, you know, it, it works for people, but it's just my personal pet peeve. I can't stand it when someone's telling, trying to be a storyteller comic and you could tell 
the shit never happened. Uh, you can tell they're making it up and it's just, they're trying to just say funny things mm-hmm. in sentences. And I'm like, you, you didn't, you weren't, it, it, so here's a good tell. If the story starts with this. So I was walking down the street the other day. <laughs> That's not a true story at all. <laughs> not a true story at all. Yeah. Not very many people. There's not very many places in our country where you actually do that. <laughs> New York City, maybe. Right. But if you were walking down the street the other day, you're fucking lying to me right now. <laughs> right. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, nobody does that. You're exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> out in front of my house, maybe. What a mowing the lawn. That's all, that's all I do. Uh, that's great, man. I love that. It's a good tell. Yeah. Now, next time someone starts some, that that's just inauthentic, as I think is kind of what I'm. Yeah, what I'm super from. Well, good, man. Well, I, you know, if you have any other uh, comics or anybody that we should be keeping an eye on, we would like to get some new names, and you know, we, uh, we always I say if you if you go to a club and you hear someone, you go see someone, you don't know who they are, you're gonna have a good time. So I love that. Yeah, I like love that. Hear. So I have a lot of a bunch. I have a bunch of younger comics that, that work with me and that, that uh, run around. First of all, uh, Will Burkhart, Will Burkhart, Burkhart, not that there's no H it's Burkhart. Will Burkhart is a very funny young comedian. He also happens to be the producer of the lion's den. Oh, right on. Yeah. And he's just, he's, he's, he's good. He's starting to get dates. He's getting TikTok famous. Awesome. He's doing it right. Super young, uh, funny, funny dude. He, he gets it. I'm gonna follow him and sure. uh, also a young female comic, a young lady named Julia Jasunis. She has featured for me uh, here and there. She's featured for Theo Vaughn. She's featured. She actually featured for Theo Vaughn in at Zany's Nashville. She's done the road with Bobby Lee and uh, Tom Arnold. And yeah, me, she's great. Her and I work together a lot. She's an LA based person, awesome. but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, yeah. I was just with this young kid named Ethan Howard in New York. He's LA based. Good kid. Awesome. This kid, check this out, Jason. This kid is 19. He's been doing stand up for five years. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this kid At already. <laughs> 19. He's good though, yeah, huh? Fun guy. Yeah. Fun Great. kid. But yeah, there, yeah, there's, there's a, there, keep your eye out for these guys. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. You, you heard it here, guys. Uh, uh, you know, go, go look these people up, find them on social media. Where, if people want to follow you on social media, where, where do they go? The internet. The internet. Usually. That's a good place to start. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the internet. Just look up Hollywood. I'm just kidding. Instagram at Jason Collings. And that's, don't forget the G. It's J-A-S-O-N-C-O-L-L-I-N-G-S. At Jason Collings. Of course, TikTok, same thing. And of course, the Lions Den podcast with Brent Moore and Jason Collings. And the Mr. Jason Collings show on YouTube. Awesome. I just got on TikTok. Uh, an embarrassingly low number, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to figure it oh, out. I'm, I'm below 2000. I think I have 24. I j- literally just. Thousands? Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, this kid will, this kid will that produces my pod, he's at like 170,000 followers. Yeah. The numbers I'm seeing. It's, <laughs> it's numbers just I'm, his stand up. It's just his stand up. No kidding. Huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's not being a TikTok goofball. It's yeah. literally stand up clips. Wow. All right. Yeah. That's definitely. why I respect that. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, the algorithm is, is set up for success. That's, that's how I've yep. heard it put in the past. Like, no, it's just set yep. up for success for, for, for like-minded people and for what you like. There it right. is. My so. problem as the 50 year old dude is I'm still trying to get a handle on the other stuff. And I just keep forgetting about TikTok. Right. Yeah. Right. And apparently there's that clubhouse thing where you can just go on there and talk. Yeah. I'm not there yet. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's I'm all, uh, it's all a challenge. I mean, keeping up with all this stuff, it's a full-time, that's why it's a full-time job for people because it does take a lot of time and energy, but it doesn't. That's, that's good advice, it. by the way. You got to treat this like that. You yeah. got to treat it full-time. You, you do anything halfway, you're only going to get a half out of it. Yeah. 
There you go. Uh, dude, you are the best. I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and chatting with uh, us and giving these me. crazy stories. Man, great. I, oh, yeah. Does it, do you have any plans of coming out here? Who do I got to talk to? We're waiting to hear. All right. I might know. I might know a guy or two, actually. So I, will, I heard. Uh, I'll, I'll I want to get out. The, I'd love to come out on my own and do some my own headlining dates. That would be awesome, man. And so, if that, if you can help make that happen, let's do it. Done. Done. Uh, and I already I, know who I want to feature for me. Oh, good. Yeah. Is, it, guy, is it Will Burkhardt? <laughs> I call him half me. Half. His name is Jason Allen. <laughs> You're adorable. Love it. <laughs> Dude, you really are the best, man. I, I can't Thanks, wait to man. see you guys again. And and uh, everybody, just you will thank me later. Uh, look up Jason Collings. Check out his website and all the stuff that he's doing. He's a fascinating guy. He's a really good dude. He's hysterical. Uh, and you'll thank, thank you. me for it. Uh, Brian, I know a lot of things have been canceled. Anything we should uh, send people off with? Any news? So there, there's a, uh, let's see, September 23rd, the last remnant of the Queen City Podcast Festival that was coming up uh, in uh, September. Uh, the Black Guy Who Tips. Uh, local podcast here in Charlotte, hugely successful, popular. Uh, they're going to do a live streaming show from the Booth Playhouse at uh, Blumenthal cool. Performing Arts that's September 23rd. That's cool. Uh, we'll be handling the live streaming for that. So that's coming up. You can get tickets, I want to say, through the search for the Black Eye Tips. It's through their website or uh, BlumenthalPerformingArts.org. Cool. So, well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad there's there's something. It's last flaming, teetering <laughs> remnant of the of all the events in September, really, that, oh, that uh, were coming up. That, you guys that get a bunch of cancellations in September? Yeah. yeah, so we were yeah we were going to be heavily involved in three events: uh, comedy festival, podcast festival, and a big uh, seventeen day arts uh, festival called Charlotte Shout, and all of it went away about a week ago. Yeah, so is um, it because of COVID? Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, we're getting. I wish spikes. I had time to tell that story. I got COVID. Oof. Oh, jeez. I was in the hospital for a week. Oh my god! Come on, really? I didn't yeah. know that. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's terrifying. Dude. Well, I'm glad to, glad to see you upright. You look good. You look you know you look healthy. that's awesome man well you're you're the best and uh gang uh, as always check out cltcomedyzone.com for a full schedule my name is not mom is there this weekend uh for brian baltashevitz and jason collings i'm jason allen king stay safe out there and we'll see y'all next week the comedy zone podcast is a production of comedy zone worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the comedy zone showroom at the Abbott exchange music factory in charlotte north carolina the executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. <laughs>